by the time you hear this podcast, are you Jimmy Ray? Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Jimmy Ray. I'm I'm Ben. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Greggy Ray. This is Benny Ray. Benny Ray, that actually works. (laughs) Are you Benny Ray? And uh, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, check out this cool transition. What? Oh my God, it's like there's a cameraman here. (laughs) All right, so thank you to everyone who has um, listened and downloaded and watched so far. We definitely appreciate it. And uh, we are back with episode 84. All right. Antonio Brown, the Antonio Brown episode. Um, <laughs> or the Randy Moss episode. <laughs> I prefer Randy Moss. Okay, the Randy, Randy Moss the episode. Moss. <laughs> so, um, again, thanks to everyone who's listened and watched and downloaded. Uh, if you want to tell people how they can um, get on the bandwagon, then uh, <laughs> if you're watching this on Facebook Live, you are already there. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. You can also go to our website by the time you hear this dot com. The website and Facebook URL spelled with the word you you. If you want to get with us on Instagram, by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U, because we're upstanding. Yes. And not underage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a called a callback to our last episode. <laughs> we'll find us at high schools. No. Nah. No, sir. Or well, maybe McDonald's just depends on when, but definitely not at high schools mm-hmm. unless it's like 15 years from now we have kids then I guess yeah. I guess maybe you would but not for the reasons that Mr. Kelly was there mm-hmm. no way none of that no and that is also the spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com you can send your comments questions concerns show ideas if you're an independent artist we'll play your music and discuss it for no charge and you can listen to us on the go because that's how podcasts should be listened to agreed whether it's on your commute or you're sitting at your desk with your earbuds on and you don't want people to bother you. Or when uh, you're playing 2K. That's <laughs> what I listen to a lot of, because the commentary is just, you know, kind of annoying at this yeah. point. 
Um, but you can listen to us on a variety of apps. Uh, Podomatic, uh, TuneIn, um, if you have an iPhone, the Apple Podcast app, a.k.a. iTunes. If you have an Android phone, the Google Music app. Uh, also, Auto Radio, Overcast, CastBox, uh, Satchel Podcast Player, and um, we were also listed on this neat site called ListenNotes.com, in which you can search uh, terms like a, it's a search engine basically for podcasts. So you can search for terms, uh, you can search for certain artists, and if we've talked about them and we put them in the show notes you can uh, listen to that particular episode. So our last episode was about R. Kelly. If you type in R. Kelly, uh, well, Big, could you go to the site and type in R. Kelly yeah. and see if we're the first one to come up? I don't know if that, is that what that means? Uh, uh, well, the Facebook Live has stopped. Um, we're going to continue. Okay. Actually, we can actually upload it when it's over. Oh. <laughs> so, Will, we'll, uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, it went down, but we will upload it to our Facebook page once the recording is completed. All right, let's see here. You search for R. Kelly. Okay. And let's search for uh, da, 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 date. I think I don't know if it's having oxtails while black. Is that a thing? <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. How did you did you put like R dot Kelly? Or just put R Kelly? I might just put R Kelly, like no dot. Uh, let's see. It's not showing up. Let's try this again. Let's go to listen notes. The jump. Hmm, I don't see it. Let's do one more here. We'll go by date again to see if it's... I can't tell. Oh, this was from an hour ago. Wow, people are really talking about R. Kelly. Well, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that episode was last week. So hour ago, four hours ago, five hours ago, eight hours ago, nine hours ago. So Let me see if I keep going down if we come up. I have to type in R. Kelly, BBC. Oh my God, I, I'm 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 out like three, and uh, he's still coming up <laughs> from a day ago. So you might have to type in several search terms to find that particular Let's see, episode. R. Kelly, BBC. All right, let's go by. Huh, throwing people from a month ago. That's odd. What was the name of the um what was the name of the um episode? Sex Line Oh, when you say Sex. teenage. Yes, yeah, that was okay, I remember that now because I almost I <laughs> almost spit out my drink. <laughs> Why isn't it coming up? I am hurt. Oh, nope, there it is. There it is. Wow, eight days ago. <laughs> yeah, there it goes, it comes up though. So if you type in R. Kelly and Oh, you did put R. Kelly. That might be why. No. Let's see if you put R. Kelly. What comes up? Well, listen, notes it. They they must be on it. Like, well, you know, with R. Kelly, it's going to be like that. R. Mm -hmm. Kelly, you know, may yield some different results. Yeah. 
You can get notified for podcasts about R. Kelly as well. Yes. People are talking about him a lot. Like, that's kind of scary how he's just on everyone's lips right now. Well, um, let's let's make this part of the first uh, music news that we talk about here. <laughs> so, um, Spotify did announce they removed R. Kelly from any of their curated playlists. Uh, I had to make sure, like, wait, is our playlist still on there? Um, it still is. He is still. You can still listen to his music, but any uh, playlist made by Spotify that included R. Kelly, he has been removed. Yeah. Uh, along with the extension cord. Why him? What did he do? Uh, I think he also has a domestic. He has a, a domestic violence uh, charge or something to that effect. Oh, okay. uh, basically is being removed because um, it was felt that they were um, they were I don't know something about a negative image or mm -hmm. or something to that effect okay. to where they were removed and of course um, there are other artists that were recommended to be removed, to be removed. <laughs> yeah uh, I know Eminem Chris Brown why Eminem what did he do because of his alleged domestic violence oh, issues. Okay. I guess uh, there's a lot of people out here. <laughs> uh, Chris Brown, Nelly. I heard about um, yeah, Nelly. But there, there are quite a few artists that they won't remove. I mean, and I understand if, as the company, you're not going to promote these artists. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not like people can't go listen to them. Yeah. Like, if they were completely removed <laughs> off the platform... That would be one thing, mm -hmm. but you're just taking them off playlists that you made. Yeah, and I can make a playlist. Mm -hmm. You can make a playlist. We make them all the time, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the message is kind of murky yeah. right now. I don't know what kind of message they're trying to send. I think but it's more so make it seem like they're doing something. I think it's just more so like, hey, you know, you have the freedom to listen to them, but we're not going to encourage it. We're not going to take an active part in helping make this person relevant. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those. And, and what I read is I saw that, you know, spite, uh, Spotify's hateful conduct policy drags the music industry into the hashtag Me Too movement. And I know that, you know, we're in the generation where movements often, um, like it's not like in the past where like a movement can, can form, find its identity, and then it becomes something. Oftentimes now, most movements we have now like they're off and running before it really has a real identity and before it can decide who it does or does not want to be associated with it. And so like, that's, I think that's where we are right now. Like the me too movement is still figuring itself out. Um, and, and I'm not going to say, unfortunately, because it's not like this is a bad movement, but we're, we will, we're going to have things like this until it figures itself out. We were going to, we we're going to have people saying, we need to, you know, ban R. Kelly's music. Why now? I mean, I get that the movement's here, but like, why now? We've known, how long have we known about this? When did that Chappelle show episode come out? <laughs> 15 years ago. We've known about this for a while. Everyone's known about this for a while. And then you raised the question that I was telling you about. Someone said, well, what about Solange for attacking Jay-Z in the elevator? What about, you know, female females in general that have been accused of some sort of assault or domestic violence are we prepared to go down that role or are they exempt from 
this movement. So, I mean, you, you kind of, you open up a lot of doors and a lot of questions and the easy way someone suggested was just allow people on Spotify to block who they don't want to listen to. Yeah. And that makes it very simple. If you don't want anything about R. Kelly, just block them. Simple enough. You you can follow artists on Spotify. You should be allowed to block artists. <laughs> it's interesting that we we are in a a time and a culture to where people will hold on to information and use it when it's most convenient. Yeah. Uh, like when we with uh, Donald Glover being in the spotlight yeah. the past couple of weeks. Um, some people are saying that, well, his his message shouldn't count because he's dating a white woman and he has two I heard kids about with her. That. I heard about that. I'm like, I knew Donald Glover was dating a white woman a long time ago. I feel like anyone who's surprised by that doesn't really know who Donald Glover is. And well, to be disappointed by it yeah. and to like discount what they've said, because, you know, in a bit like this, if you look at, if you claim not to be a, a, a racist person, you can't look at another race as you, if you're, if you're criticizing Donald Glover mm -hmm. for being with a white woman, but you claim not to be racist you're contradicting yourself yeah. because basically you're saying that he's dating the enemy. an enemy. Yeah. He's dating the enemy. He's dating. And oh, I no, don't approve. Of oh it. no, he's not the enemy. Well, what are you saying then? Yeah. So, and what are you saying? The same thing was done to Jordan Peele when he came out with get out. Yeah. Luckily he was dating a comedian who had fun with it and made fun of it. And I remember her tweet saying it. Yeah. This is uh, our, I'm ashamed that Jordan would share our home movies. <laughs> <laughs> so she had fun with it, but I mean, like it, the meme that keeps coming to my head when I heard about this was that Peter Griffin, like, oh my God, who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't make what he's saying irrelevant. Is he lying? No, then shut up. Like, <laughs> and I could take it another step since, you know, if y'all going to go this way and be contradictory, I can, I can make this look however I see fit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're saying that because Donald Glover is with the white woman, that he's with the enemy, you're, you're, you have the same line of thinking as our president to mm -hmm. where if you're not a Republican, you, you are, are the, the enemy. enemy. Yeah. The Democrats are his enemy. Yeah. He blames them for stuff. He, uh, he only, it's it's about voting down the party line, yeah. regardless of what you believe, <laughs> regardless what you believe, regardless of how many high school girls you hit on when you were in your thirties. Oh God, that, that matters. Not traditional Republican. If you're a Republican, you're on his team. If you're not, you're an enemy. I know. I still don't understand how they support him because he's totally not one of them. But you know, whatever. I'm not gonna. He's on. Him. He's on his own side. Yeah, he's <laughs> like if you're. And I'm not even. Not even on a tangent. If you're supposed to be small government and small spending, why are you gonna build a wall, man? <laughs> and after they were like, Mexico's not gonna pay for it. Oh, we can spend the money. All right, taxes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he's. he's and if anybody noticed how many times he's moved that line. Oh yeah. People voted for it because they thought. Mexico was going to pay for this wall. Yeah. He's like, 
well, Mexico, we'll, we'll go halfsies with Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> now it's, it like, I want funding for the wall. Like, what happened to Mexico, man? No, it, Mexico, it, the whole time, Mexico was like, like we're not being What do you mean this. they said no? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, what? I, what, they think they were, we were going to invade them to make them pay for it? <laughs> because that costs even more money to invade them to make them pay for it. Like, at that point, it's like you just might as well pay for it. It's like, oh, well, you know, I would repair this refrigerator, but it's cheaper to buy a new one. Just buy a new refrigerator, America. <laughs> and on a, and, and one more thing as far as <laughs> as far as the Democrats or Trump's enemy, um, I was told today that there was a a bill being passed to where um, this was in an Obama era, yeah. an Obama era uh, a bill to where you had to put if something was. If food, if some food was genetically modified, yeah, you had to put that on the label. But now, that's been undone, to where you could kind of change up the wording on the label. Mm. To where, yeah, you can say it's genetically modified, but you know, if someone you could you could use synonyms basically, <laughs> and it could confuse people. Oh, that's what we need. Yeah, so it was like he's just undoing everything Obama did because he's black. I would also, well, I think it's more so because of he, <laughs> did you see the, uh, the, 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 what did they call it? The one he won't attend anymore. The, um, oh, correspondence center yeah. where Obama made that jab at him. Mm -hmm. Everyone says at that moment, that's when he decided to run for president. <laughs> 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 when he made that, like, yeah, he kind of kept his cool there, but like, they're like, that's the moment he decided to run for president and undo everything. Because he made a joke at him, and he's had, he has that sensitive of an ego. There it is. Um, no, I can't take a joke. Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> where's, well, where's, Adam, where's Alec Baldwin when you need him? <laughs> Probably supporting his brothers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, Do we got to... careers? Stephen, Besides... kind of, right? Stephen, kind of... Adam looks just like him, and he was in some like B movie Skinamax licks. I think that's all Steven could do now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was really sad. Sorry, I didn't mean. It. Sorry. Yeah. Curious. Um. So, uh, of course, the summer is coming up. That means music festivals and tours. World tour. Uh. So, in probably, uh, Drake will not be outdone. <laughs> by a potential Childish Gambino Ray Shrimmer tour with Vince Staples. Oh, that so that is happening. Yeah. I did not hear incorrectly. That's interesting. Okay. Um, he will not be outdone by that. He won't be outdone by Ray Shrimmer also doing another tour earlier with Wiz Khalifa. He's still relevant? Okay. Good for him. He, uh, he's coming out with a new album. Okay. Rolling Papers 2. <laughs> That's all he can rap about. <laughs> <laughs> he he is he is the new America Stoner. Yeah, it was Snoop Dogg. Now it's Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, he took the he took it around with him, man. <laughs> and Drake this year, this summer, will be going out on tour with the Migos, our friends from Gwinnett. Do you know what it says? It's called. I love this. Drake and the Three Amigos. Aubrey and Aubrey the Three and Amigos. Aubrey and the Three Amigos. That's how famous he is. He can use his name. He can use his real name now. People don't care. 
Like, if he tells you at the beginning, yeah, my name's Aubrey, people are like, yeah. <laughs> it's like now, yeah, I'm Aubrey. Yeah, deal with it. <laughs> That's what women call him when they're, you know, trying to impress him. Trying to impress him. Trying to get him. Like, you know, I watched you on, um, that's to call him Jimmy, probably. It's like, everybody, like everybody loves Drake, but you're you're just Aubrey to you're me. You're Aubrey to me. Like, we're, <laughs> we're kicking it in your mansion. You're Aubrey to me. <laughs> He's like, nah, I don't. <laughs> so, do you think, is this, is is he officially again from Atlanta? Since he's touring with the, with the Migos? Yeah, he, he's from Atlanta now. Yeah. That's, that's. That's what that makes me think. Like, oh, he's touring with three dudes from Atlanta, Metro Atlanta. I get it, but he's he's touring with three dudes from Atlanta, essentially. That's that's he's from Atlanta again, you know. Yep. And I imagine are they stopping in Atlanta? Oh yeah, they are. They're stopping in Atlanta. That show is going to be, um, it, it's just going to be it's going to be crazy. Did you say what venue? Phillips. <laughs> well, I ain't going. It is going to be so. If you live in the Atlanta area. On let me see here, on Friday and Saturday, November sixteenth and seventeenth, you might want to avoid downtown. Just saying, mm-hmm. you might want to avoid downtown near the Phillips. whole day, the, yeah. the, the both days. And now, if you're trying Calling to pick sick. up, now imagine you're probably gonna have some dudes who are like, yeah, I'm, about to, I'm trying to pick up scraps. You know, have at it, guys. Get down there early. <laughs> Show starts at seven thirty. Uh, get get there at six. <laughs> get a prime spot. Um, but if you're not no, there to pick no, up scraps. No. It starts at seven thirty. Yeah. Get there at like three. <laughs> if you're trying to pick up scraps, um, and then they head out. What is that? The last stop on the tour? That's the last stop. Of, oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna oh, be. It's gonna he's be. He's shutting it down. He's, he's shutting yeah. it. Down. <laughs> yeah. I don't see them going to Toronto once. Good luck uh, getting 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 tickets and then okay, there they trying are. to catch a glimpse of, glimpse of them at Magic City or something. Okay, so that's funny. He's doing two shows in Atlanta back to back nights. One show in, in Toronto. I thought he was from the six six six. six. He's from Atlanta now. <laughs> at the Air Canada Center, Friday, August tenth at seven p.m. Oh wait, no, he's doing two. My bad. He's doing two shows there too. Okay. My bad. And then the next night he's going to Detroit at the Little Caesars Arena. But he is shutting it down in Atlanta. November sixteenth and seventeenth. My God. I'm not taking the train to work that day. <laughs> it's gonna be insane. I feel like it might it might this might be really bad. Only because the Migos are not good live performers. Oh, they're not? I've never seen them. They are they are not. And they just all I had or? to see was them perform on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, for real? They Everyone does well on Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. That's sad. The, their set they had looked great, but it was basically just them kind of walking around. Like they're, they're Did the Roots really play exciting. background for them, or did no. they? Oh, man. Mm. How do yeah. you, you have a bad set on the Jimmy Fallon show? <laughs> I think that's just how they are. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I can't tell if they're great live performers. It's. It's not a. It's not high energy. Because getting two chains come up there and tear it down with the trap choir was that Jimmy yeah. Fallon? Yes. Okay. They didn't learn anything. Quavo was there, wasn't he? <laughs> he didn't learn. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I like this energy they bring in the choir. 
fire too. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, I think next time we might try to really bring it on the Fallon show. Like, nope. <laughs> that's yeah. sad. Um, moving on from that, uh, YouTube Music. Um, they have an app because Why what I found <laughs> is that that the kids, the the high school and uh, early college kids. They play music. They listen to music through YouTube. I think it's because of the the mixtape generation. Because there's a I, I so I remember um, that you remember the house party we had when we first moved to that place we were at. Um, Juju on that beat was really popular at the time, or was just getting popular. And some girl wanted me to play it, and I could not find it on Spotify. She's like, "No, you got to go to YouTube." I'm like, "What do you mean I got to go to YouTube?" Like. What I if then I started like I'm not playing a mixtape of your friend because <laughs> I didn't know who they were. I'm like I'm not, I'm not playing your friend's mixtape. Um, so yeah, if I, I guess like all the music before it gets put on like real streaming services, just throw it on YouTube. Well, um, there was also and there were memes probably at the time and a little earlier to where kids were complaining like, why can't I just listen to the song and and leave the app? <laughs> on the first iPhone, there was a workaround you could do it. Yeah, there. I know there are hacks. There are there 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 are jailbreaks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were you know there were apps to get around it, and then with YouTube, the YouTube Music app, you can do it now. Yeah, like they just did it for themselves. But with this particular YouTube Music app launch. It is going to be a service uh, similar to Spotify and Apple Music, and they're looking to surpass them. Good luck. I mean, it's Google behind them, so maybe they. But Google—that's the thing. Google has Google Music, so why are you pulling? Why are you putting something in that can <laughs> that can compete with you? I don't get it. That's weird. I I, I don't know. I mean, they've got. Or maybe the, if anything, maybe, they've maybe, got maybe, the they name. Think, maybe they think it's how Apple Music is to iTunes. I guess I don't. I mean, they got the name, so I'll give them that. Like people know YouTube, but you, you kind of have to ask, like, how's YouTube Red working? How's YouTube TV working? You know, like you, if you can't even get subscribers for those, like if you can't compete with Netflix, you really think you're going to compete with Spotify? You know, like it, it just makes me think. Of, I wish I had like a soundboard clip of um, Morgan Freeman from The Dark Knight saying, "Good luck." <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just don't see that happening. But then again, like, sometimes I get the feeling that Google has so much money. They just, they need things to do. So what's happening here is um, Google has two streaming music services, of course, Google Play Music and YouTube Music. And if you purchase a subscription to Google Play Music, you also get access to YouTube Red. Huh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Now there's been uh, YouTube just completely announced a completely revamped and reimagined version of YouTube music. It has access to thousands of playlists, songs, albums, artists, and more. It is uh, $10 a month. Uh, There is a free version with ads, of course. And the YouTube Music Premium offers background listening, downloads, and an ad-free experience. So YouTube Red, which was known as YouTube Red, is now called YouTube Premium. And that is like their exclusive content. 
Mm. Cobra Kai, I imagine, is on there, which I really yeah. want to see. <laughs> uh, that is now $12 a month. Uh, so YouTube Music will let you stream music with ads. YouTube Music Premium, no ads. And YouTube Premium gives you an ad-free experience with their exclusive content. Hmm. So where does that leave Google Play Music? Well, if you use Google Play Music, nothing will change. <laughs> That's coming from Google. Hmm. And... Um, other features that they have, music, uh, family plans are still available. So you'll have family plans. Huh. There will be no podcast on YouTube Music or YouTube Music Premium. Oh, never mind. So you will still access podcasts through the Google Play Music or Google Search on Android. And you will not be able to upload your own music to YouTube Music as you could in Google Play Music. At least not at this time. That's what they said. Hmm. You can do these things in Spotify, though. So it's like, uh, how are you going to compete with Spotify when you're, you know, got a hand tied behind your back? Hmm. So uh, there's another option for you. It's all right. I'm I'm good on that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the last story we want to get to is, of course, if you know about Prince, there is the the myth. Of the vault. Of the vault. <laughs> in which there is hundreds of thousands of hours of music, of unreleased music. And he's not there to stop them anymore. And that's kind of sad when you think about it like that. <laughs> so in this case, um, the estate of Prince has teamed up with Title to release some unreleased Prince music <laughs> and Jay-Z will be the, uh, he will supervise. Okay. Mm. I mean, okay. It's good to have your name behind it, but eh, we kind of don't need you. Yeah. I guess it's it just to make sure that, you know, if this works, <laughs> get the credit. then we might be able to get some more. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Title did previously land the exclusive rights to stream uh, Prince's, uh, the last albums that he released when he was alive, the Hit and Run albums, Hit and Run uh, 1 and 2, and um, the Prince's estate legally disputed his commitments to Title amid a wide range of new deals, and the rapper even... Um, well, he referenced it in a song, but now the estate is being overseen by former Spotify executive, Troy Carter, no relation. <laughs> Prince's handlers are apparently seeing eye to eye again. And, uh, it's not clear if the new collection of music comes from the same recordings from hit and run or, or when, but it will be material that he recorded in recent years much of his older unreleased material still falls under Warner brothers. And, uh, if you know a little bit about Prince's history with Warner brothers, <laughs> you don't like that. Mm, um, so, um, so what do you think? I mean, I, I, it's exciting that, you know, you know, okay, there, there's 
we know there's unreleased Prince music out there. Yeah. So the opportunity to hear it, uh, what do you think about that? I'll reserve judgment because some of his later stuff I didn't really care for. So I'll reserve judgment. If it's so, if it's anything like musicology, you know, bring it on because I like musicology because um, you know it's just a little more palatable for the masses. You know, when he writes like that, it's really good. But um, we have no clue what we're gonna get. So I just want to hear, I just want to hear what we're gonna get, and then I'll make a decision. <laughs> so uh, not to be outdone. <laughs> Warner Brothers is planning to release an album of unreleased material in September. Uh, last month, they did release the original 1984 recording of Nothing Compares to You, later made famous by Sinead O'Connor, but they had the original version. Mm-hmm. And also a, a rehearsal video of uh, oh, During the Purple Brothers? Rain. They released that? Okay, I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, so uh, rehearsal footage during the Purple Rain um, sessions, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And title's announcement clarifies that its contract does not involve any of Prince's music catalog that is subject to prior agreements with Warner Brothers. And much like Beyonce and Kanye West, title will have exclusive rights to other new, quote-unquote, Prince record uh well, they'll have the exclusive rights to the records for the first two weeks before it goes to other streaming services. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious how that's how that's going to work. Um, especially with them, I don't know if you were heard about this. They were recently accused of um, faking streams. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I I don't know anyone. I I think I know one person that has a title subscription. So I'm surprised that they're getting all of these exclusives with Prince. Because I, I would think that iTunes, you know, Apple Music or Spotify would be the way to go. Like where, you know, people actually subscribe. You would think. Like at what point is Tidal making money? Like they're spending all this money to get all these exclusives, but they're not getting subscriptions. Like it's, you would think at a certain point. <laughs> and it's the, I understand their angle is to really, excuse me, to benefit the artist. Mm-hmm. But what about the fans? Yeah. What about the listeners? And I don't think, and it's not even to, you know, put the fans or the listeners over the, over the artist or anything, but the artist is there to make music for the fans. I would assume you know, you do want to make music for yourself, but at a certain point, at a certain point, you have to do, you got to go where the, the customer's always right. You got to go where the fan wants you to go. So I don't know. I mean, hopefully maybe they make some of this stuff, you know, cross platform, but I don't think it's a good idea for them. If they want it to be heard, I don't think it's a good idea for them to just be with title. Like, I don't think if they couldn't get it with Life of Pablo, because all everyone did was get the free subscription and then cancel. Yeah. So, like, if they couldn't make it work with Life of Pablo. With Lemonade. Yeah. It's just, it's probably just, you know, stop making title trying to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just not like every time, like, I just see these desperate attempts at them trying to grab, like, oh, maybe if we get this, this exclusive or this exclusive or this exclusive and like none of it. Do you know anyone that has title? No, <laughs> I really don't. I know Kendra's sister. That is it. And I'm fairly certain it's because they got it in a bundle with their phone company. <laughs> and when it was over, I think they canceled. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, and I mean, you know, Jay-Z's a fighter, man, but <laughs> this ain't the same as the drug game, bro. <laughs> this ain't the same. All right. So uh, let's get to the charts here really quick. Oh, man. Are you seeing a Pineapple Rita um, advertisement on your billboard? A what? Pineapple Rita. No. Well, I haven't gotten to that page yet. Let's see. Looks good. I got to dress Lily. I might try that this weekend. <laughs> the dress Lily? Like one of no, these no. shirts? Oh, no, no. The Pineapple Rita. <laughs> They're not bad. You can keep that. <laughs> all right. Some are really bad, though. They're not all bad, though. All right. So uh, we get to the charts, the Hot 100, the top 10 songs. Debuting at number one, This Is America by Childish Gambino, who has now been officially nicknamed The Threat. So, is this akin to knocking like someone like knocking Michael Jackson off of number? Because, like, Drake owns the summer. Yeah. He has debuted with two songs at number one and some upstart. <laughs> <laughs> Named Childish Gambino releases an art film, essentially, and knocks him off. Bravo. Bravo, young man. Bravo. So falling to number two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he's nice for what? By the perpetual Kentucky recruit. He's also at number three with God's plan. Number four, Psycho by Sirius Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Number five, meant to be by BB Rexa and the Nickelback of Country. Number six, The Middle by Zed, Marin Morrison Gray. Number seven, Look Alive by Blockboy JB featuring the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number eight, Never Be the Same by the artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony. Number nine, Perfect by the most influential artist in black music. And number 10, No Tears Left to Cry by the strongest ponytail in the game, <laughs> Ariana Grande. <laughs> that ponytail matched that voice, bro. <laughs> All right, let's look at the Billboard 200 albums, top 10 albums. Number one, still, still number one, what? Beer Bongs and Bentleys by Sirius Malone. Number two, KOD by No Features Ever. <laughs> Unless it's himself. <laughs> Debuting at number three, Good Thing by Leon Bridges. Number four, Invasion of Privacy by loving hip-hop legend Cardi B. Number five, Attention, Attention, debuting at number five by Shinedown. Uh-oh, they're still around. Awesome. Number six, Shrim by Ray Shrimmerd, which is Sway Lee and Slim Jimmy. It is a triple album. Okay. That's very ambitious. Yeah. For some rappers so from they, Mississippi. <laughs> they both did their own individually. And Stop then it. one together. What are they? They are outcast. <laughs> they took they took the speaker box low below concept and went further. Yeah, they haven't had a stank on you though to put them on the map. <laughs> Shrimp life was supposed to be. I mean, black. I guess black Beatles did create a, did go viral, so maybe that was their stank on you, and this is their way to blow up. Although, <laughs> I don't know, man. Speaker box low below is kind of hard to beat. <laughs> uh, number seven. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's slowing down. We'll see. The greatest show in soundtrack. 
<laughs> number seven right now. Give it a week. We'll see where it is. We'll be back at number three. It comes right back. <laughs> they see like, oh crap, we fell like more streams. More streams. <laughs> number eight, free yourself free yourself up by Lake Street Dive. Are you familiar with this band? I am not. I'm Googling them to see who they are. They look indie. Like really indie. They have a song called Side Pony. Uh, it says multi-genre. Okay, they need to settle on a genre here. Um, it says genres, southern rock, indie pop, blue-eyed soul, jazz, folk rock, Motown. It started at the New England Conservatory of Music, so this is probably like just like, what can we do next? <laughs> Anywho, uh, and number nine, the Black Panther soundtrack. And rounding out the top 10, Culture 2 by our friends from Gwinnett. I see that album from Young Boy Never Broke Again, and that just makes me laugh that that's become a rap name now. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the Artist 100. Number one is actually Post Malone. Excuse me, Serious Malone. Me. Yeah, I really thought it would be the threat. Yeah. Number two, The Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number three, debuting at number three, the threat number four the retired unretired 2k legends number five loving hip-hop legend cardi b number six they were unranked last week shinedown release an album get on the <laughs> list an album. number seven he was unranked last week leon bridges he mm -hmm. released an album number eight no features ever <laughs> number nine the most influential artists in black music and rounding out the top 10, we're worried about them. <laughs> so Ed Sheeran just stays relevant. Like, I don't think we've ever had a week go by since we started this show or started doing these lists that he wasn't in the top 10. Yeah. My God, that guy has a lot of money. <laughs> Goodness. I think a lot of people are playing thinking out loud at their weddings. Probably. It will not be at played at mine. will not be played at mine. So, um, yeah, that'll do it for our music news. So, Ben, what's your earworm of the week? I've been listening to this song a lot. Um, this is one of my favorite singers. And I guess I shouldn't say, well, he, yeah, the Mars Volta, the widow. I love this song. It, it takes me back to college. Um, there's a lot of good stuff released this, that year. I think also American idiot came out that year. And I just remember vividly, um, do you remember 99 X? Yeah. Are they still around? I don't know either, but they played a, they would play like a, uh, an ad advert that would have Boulevard of Broken Dreams in it. And this song, I just remember being like, Oh my God, these two songs are amazing. And I listened to it nonstop that summer. Reminds me of, um, the billboards that I, uh, that you, well, that I see, I only see them in like Midtown <laughs> for a radio station, but it was always, it had like, I remember one year it had like Rihanna. Ed Sheeran and uh, Taylor Swift. And what I passed by recently, he had Rihanna, Bruno Mars with the toy. It was the same picture of Rihanna, but it was a new picture. It was Bruno Mars with 24 Garrett Magic Hat mm -hmm. and Ed Sheeran. They just photoshopped him in. Yeah. <laughs> they just, but it was the same like picture of Rihanna from like 
uh, from Good Girl Gone Bad. Oh, God, that's so long ago. <laughs> it's a whole picture. So, yeah, this was summer of 2005. March 14, 2005 was when it released. And I'm not going to say it ruled the summer because it charted at 95. So, I mean, let's just, <laughs> that's where it peaked. But it was a really good song. And he has an amazing vocal on here. Um, Cedric Bixler Zavala. Zavala, maybe. I don't know how to say that. All oh, right. and it has a, a, a trumpet solo from Flea <laughs> from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> yeah. They were also on that list of artists that should be removed. Who? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, they do. I don't know. What the? That's because they played shows with socks on their on their junk. Probably. Someone was offended. That's that's offensive. Why did they put socks there? Blah 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 blah. Rah, socks rah, should rah. go on your feet. <laughs> Paid for by the committee for socks on your feet. All right, so this is The Widow by the Mars Volta, and we'll be right back. He's got fast in black lungs, made of clothes splintered shards. They're the kind that will is The Widow by the Mars Volta from their album Francis the Mute. Yes. Everyone in that band has the most Latin names. <laughs> Cedric Bixler Zavala, the guitar player Omar Rodriguez Lopez, 
they are like they they're from California and they scream California and then of course they have Flea on the trumpet and then on another track they have John Fishanti. So apparently they're fans. <laughs> All right. So um we started the show with Are You Jimmy Ray by Jimmy Ray from his album Jimmy Ray. Isn't that the Jimmy? The Jimmy <laughs> The esteemed Jimmy Ray. Esteemed. <laughs> yeah. So um for this particular countdown, uh, or because five will be selected our one hit wonders from the year of our Lord, 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, right. we'll be giving our because five, uh, for one hit wonders from that year. And, um, as we always do, we'll start with, Honorable mentions. So, Ben, give us your first honorable mention. So, my first honorable mention <laughs> is a group uh, with actually the most offensive name on this list, probably the Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> As I'm reading them, like that is such a that's. <laughs> I feel like it's a band R. Kelly might enjoy. Yeah, he would. <laughs> he said, "Oh, the Cherry Pop and Daddies, they need a singer." He's <laughs> 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 like, "No, they don't." Um, so I feel that this is one of the more '90s songs on this album, not because it sound because it's a swing song, because if anything, it sounds like it's from the '20s, but because I think some people tend to forget about the swing revival yeah. of the '90s, and um, like yeah, like I you know what Cherry Pop and Daddy's Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and the Squirrel Nut Zippers were, if there's a big three of. <laughs> Of bands, big three. Those were the big three that were, you know, the big bands, and and this song, I love this song from the from the opening, um, you know, riff on the drum riff on the toms, um, the walking bass line, the horns, the riot, and the chorus, like everything about the song is just awesome, man. Riot. Um. But yeah, like it just when I hear this song, it makes me think of this era. It makes me think of the '90s. It makes me think of everyone had that one kid that came to school in zoot suits when this became big. Um, and it wasn't because he got it; he didn't get it because it was big. He always dressed like this. <laughs> he just now had an excuse and wouldn't look weird. So, yeah, way to go, Cherry Poppin' Daddies. This is a great song. Um, one of these songs that reminds me of. Um what did you say was the big three? Cherry Popper Daddies, Squirrel Nut Zippers, and the Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah. I guess you could kind of put in that outside, because I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of like the Mighty big Boss four. Counts? Well, no, I'm thinking Brian Setzer Orchestra. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. But this reminds me of that movie, Blast from the Past, with Brendan Fraser. Yes. Was it in it? <laughs> I feel like it was. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, this is my favorite part. I never learned how to play this on trumpet, even though I was playing trumpet back then, and I, I'm kind of sad I never learned any of the parts. But yeah, man, I did learn the do 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 do, which was very easy to play at the time. But. Yeah, this song was awesome. 
And the video was pretty cool. Like, they're all in a club dancing. And, yeah, this song is just awesome. Yeah. It was nominated for Best New Artist at the MTV Video Music Awards 1998. But it lost out to Torn. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, it's parody. Um, <laughs> grapefruit Diet. Diet. I can hear that. Weird Al Yankovic. Because it's all about food. <laughs> All right, so that is mm, Zoot Suit Riot. Riot! By the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Um, from the big three of the Big Bad Revival. All right, so my first honorable mention, um, I think there are, there are probably a lot of hipsters who, who will Uh-oh. be disappointed that I rate them so low, but <laughs> it is Brick. By Ben Folds Five from their album Whatever and Ever, Amen. Um, I heard this song on uh, on actually, I think it was the rock station. I heard this song when I was in Augusta, and I found out by watching VH1 <laughs> what the song was actually about, and. When you write a song about an abortion, where do you go from there? Yeah. Which is funny because, like, all the songs were not serious. They're very silly songs. And then the song about Vaseline. Yeah. I love that song. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me about that song. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Where do you go from there? <laughs> and it's it's odd because well odd because of the subject matter of course, but also because how does this become a popular song? What does that say about the people who like? Well, I don't think anyone really knows what it's about. Like I think now we have the because this was of course no nineteen ninety eight. People don't really you know we don't have Wikipedia, we don't have song facts, genius, none of that. So finding out, the only way you can find out is a show like Pop-Up Video that back then you couldn't really DVR unless you had TiVo. And so to know that it was about, like, I didn't know until well into my adult life it was about abortion. And it was just like, holy crap, like when you really sit there and break those lyrics down, it gets a little deeper. So it was written about his high school girlfriend undergoing an abortion. The chorus was written by Darren Jesse, his drummer. Uh-oh. Get the drum song. <laughs> um, he said he had a hard time finishing the song because the song was too literal. And then Darren Jesse wrote the chorus, and that kind of uh, brought everything together. Yeah. But he sometimes jokes he doesn't know what the chorus means. She's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Maybe she's bringing him down. But that's a really messed up way to look at it. Like, you are a brick. You are bringing me down, woman. She's like, I'm sorry. You should be sorry. You're a brick. I don't know. Um, In the Triple J Hottest 100 of 1998, this song rate number 12. And the Hottest 100 songs of all time, conducted by an Australian, by Triple J, an Australian radio station, in rate number 67. Okay. So Australia really likes this song. 
Were you one of the people that knew about Triple J before YouTube? I have heard of it. I didn't know what it was. Oh, okay. I used to um, plug another plug for TuneIn Radio. Um, when I used to be at work, I would turn on TuneIn Radio and I would listen to Australian and British radio stations because they were very funny to listen to. Mm. <laughs> One, for the accents, and two, because the ads were really funny. To hear them like go crazy over a Ford Mustang. And I was like, well, yes, yeah, a foreign car. <laughs> when they ride around in foreigns, you got that Ford Mustang. <laughs> got that Ford GTO, son. All right, so that is uh, my first honorable mention Brick by Ben Folds 5. All right, so, Ben, what's your second honorable mention? I feel like this is. People aren't going to believe this, but make it hot. Nicole Ray. Hmm. Like, I really like this song. Like, it's got that, it's got the Missy beat. And, of course, anything by Missy and Timbaland is hot. Like, they're, like, they're good on everything. Um, I can't even really remember where I heard this song the first time. It's almost like it just kind of appeared in my consciousness. <laughs> um, I don't, I just, I don't remember. I just know that, like, at the time... Like everything Missy was hot. Um, everything Timbaland was hot because he was he was producing and of course like he produced um Super Duper Fly. Him and Missy did. And Missy was just like everywhere. And then this thing, you know, she's like on she's like, you know, not necessarily like rapping on this song. Well she raps at the end. But um like they're pushing this artist. Did she write this song? Yeah, she co-wrote it. Like, but she's pushing this artist, and you're just like, why is she pushing? Whatever. I'm gonna listen to God, what? And like, it's just <laughs> like this. Oh, it's got a nice beat. Like it's, and of course, this is all these songs remind me of, um, the time from because this all of this was happening when I was moving from Columbus to Atlanta. So like all of these songs, some remind me of Columbus, some remind me of Atlanta, some remind me of that summer. <clears throat> where I went in the group Jack and Jill shout out to anybody who's listening that knows what Jack and Jill is I went to Tampa that summer and this is one of the songs they played at the um, you had these dances for the teen conference at night and this is one of the songs that got played and we loved this song it was awesome uh, I remember this song from this had to be middle school 8th grade yeah and I think that is probably the same for me. It just like appeared. Yeah, I don't remember the first place. Um, I just remember hearing the song like this. This sounds amazing. Yeah, it's so dope. It's such a good song. Um, and I didn't hear the song enough. It feels like like I would hear it um, on the radio on the school bus. <laughs> That's a place to hear a lot of songs. Uh, but it seemed like. I would only hear it like once every 10 days or something. <laughs> like they're not playing that song enough. This yeah. should be a hit song. And if, so it says here, there's an uncredited background <laughs> vocal from Kelly Price, mm. who's also fairly hot at the time. She had just released a thing as we lay um, a cover. And then she had, uh, I can't remember what her other song was, but that's pretty cool. They get, they got Kelly Price on there. Like this just was one of those songs where, like we're gonna throw everything we can to make this song big. We're gonna throw Missy on there, a beat from Timbaland, Kelly Price. Like it was just like, you know, it was destined to be a hit. Unfortunately, and it's it makes me think of. Do you remember the song Houston? I like that. Yeah. 
too many stars are on there and it kind of overshadowed. <laughs> and so next thing you know, it's just like, what happened to Nicole Ray? I don't know. I think she's singing background on something Missy did. I don't know. She is now known as Lady Ray. Oh, okay. Okay. And she is still doing music. Okay. That's interesting. Nothing, nothing big. Okay. I see Lady Ray. That's interesting. You do your thing, girl. The Black Keys rock. The Black Keys had a rock hip hop collection. Oh, Black Rock. Okay, I think I did hear about that. Yeah, she was a part of that for a little bit, apparently. All right, so that is "Make It Hot" by Nicole. Choose credit as just Nicole. Mm-hmm. That's just what Nicole Ray. Yeah, featuring Missy Elliott and Mocha. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> the next song here appeared on the soundtrack for Can't Hardly Wait. Ooh, now that's a classic. <laughs> oh, man, they don't make movies like that anymore. And, of course, I'm talking about KP and Envy, Swing My Way. This was on the... Really? I didn't know this on the... Um, okay. <clears throat> this is another one of those songs... I remember hearing in middle school uh, on the bus. Oh, yeah. This would be, I'm pretty sure this was played at the one middle school dance that I remember <laughs> going to. Oh, man, this brings back memories. Um, oh. It has the the classic Atlanta bass, Miami bass, when it gets to the chorus, so you'll, you'll yeah. hear it. <laughs> uh, it had that, that traditional bass sound. And I would confuse KP and Envy with Ghost Town DJs, Quad City DJs, 95 South. 95 South, (laughs) wow. We're going back here. Um, uh, DJ Taz, I guess. Oh, DJ Taz. (laughs) And that was all around the same time, uh, though. Tilo Ali. Coming from the coming from that Atlanta sound from Pat, recorded at Patchwork Studios, man, this is uh, this brings back memories. <clears throat> Looking uh, good, shot it good, show sure enough, good enough <laughs> for me. This is one of uh, two songs that they have on Spotify. <laughs> What's the other? The song called "Put Your Hands Up." Oh, okay. And it's from a Jermaine Dupree Stop compilation. Stop it. No way. It says Chris Bridges was a writer on here. Like Ludacris? Yeah. Huh. His hands are all over. Uh. <laughs> Cause I, so I'm thinking of, there's a remix of this, isn't there, where she raps? I don't know. I think so. Show this way my way. There's a lot of remixes done to these songs back in the day, so. Yeah, yeah, it says Atlanta rapper Ludacris penned the verses to the, for the remix. Chris Bridges. Because he was working, he was basically working as a DJ in Atlanta at the time. Oh, there you yeah. What does the KP mean? What does that stand for? Does not say. I'm going to uh, go with Katy Perry. <laughs> Kia Phillips. Kia Phillips with one eye or two eyes? One. 
This song charted at number six on the Hot 100. And yeah, Ludacris is a is a co-writer. Oh snap! And it sounds like Ludacris. It sounds like a Ludacris verse. It says uh, a young Polo to Don was featured in the music video. This screams Atlanta. Everything. Mm. To the flow. Oh, is that where 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 he got it from? <laughs> Wall to the flow. That reminds me if if Polo Don was in the video. Reminds me of uh, there was this video for it was on a another it was like on a so so deaf compilation mm-hmm. and it had um uh it was just like for anyone familiar with freestyle music not like rapping off the top of your head but i mean <laughs> <laughs> like um the like latin freestyle or latin hip-hop it might be called but there was this video uh for a song called summertime and it was the Miami-based, Atlanta-based type of sound. Take me to the yeah. summertime. Oh, I love that song. Oh, um, I forgot about that song. The video for that song, uh, the DJ, like, you know, doing the scratching was Lil John. Shut up. What? Who was that? What's the name of that artist? Karina. Karina. I think it's Karina. That was my jam, man. Oh man, Corrine. Yep, that was yep. I remember yeah. she she dances very seductively in that <laughs> video. Man, that's wild. Okay, the more you know. <laughs> All right, so we'll get to. Uh, that was my second honorable mention. Mm-hmm, so we're in so the top five. number five, Ben. So this was your first audible mention, right? Yes. All right. So Brick Benfolds Five. Um, I won't spend too much time on it because we kind of did just talk about it. Um, but this is a song that reminds me of Columbus a lot um, because I think I've heard it first on the radio stations there, and of course, probably saw it in, on VH1. Um, yeah, this is it's a really good song, as we kind of mentioned. It's not really in step with a lot of the other songs they have. And if you've seen anything by Ben Foles as a solo artist, he he doesn't really... He's got a couple of songs. So I know Melinda and her husband, Matthew, uh, Matt Hofius, they um, danced to The Luckiest by Ben Foles, which was a slow down song. And then he has a song called Landed on Saving Silverman, uh, or Songs for Silverman, which wasn't that slow, but is a little more reflective. But for the most part, he has songs like Army, <laughs> give me my money back and yeah he has like he does it rock in the suburbs just like quiet riot <laughs> so when you hear a song like this you know like of course you know we mentioned it's autobiographical so it's uh it's got a little bit more of a sting to it if he's singing it i imagine he's sick of singing it at this point probably doesn't play it anymore to be honest i bet but that yeah that verse and the chorus, the chorus really doesn't make much sense. Now to know that someone else wrote it, that... Really, like, who's the brick? Yeah. She's the brick. Is it the girlfriend or is it the baby? <clears throat> I don't know. And I'm headed nowhere. Let's see what Genius has to say about this. Hmm. 
Because if anything, if anyone could have an answer, it should be genius. Every now and then you get lucky and there's something on there that's not hip-hop. Alright, let's see here. Alright, so when you click on the lyric, she's a brick. Um, when, one, when, once, when one wants to drown something, a brick is tied to it to drag it to the bottom. Oh, snap. Someone really thinks this. Ben likens his girlfriend to a brick because she's inevitably attached to her. He is inevitably t- attached to her in this situation, and they're going down this path or body of water together. Hmm. So the girlfriend, they, they believe the girlfriend is the brick, and they're drowning slowly. Um, and that's kind of scary. But I guess as a final thought, the re- one of the reasons I really do like this song is because, as you know, if you know me well enough from listening to this, I like a song that tells a story, and this song is literally a story. I mean, he goes 6 a.m. after Christmas. The next verse, they call him at 7:30, and he's trying to sell parking. He's trying to sell gifts in the parking lot because their parents aren't there. As the weeks went by, it showed that she was not fine. Like I just imagine like in a living room somewhere in middle America and they're like son it's time to tell the truth like what really happened why is Rachel like so broken up like what is going on here like it's I can see it all happening in front of me and then you can kind of feel the embarrassment there you know they hid it from their parents for a reason there's a it's a heavy song let's get something happy on (laughs) (laughs) alright so this means number five um, break let me add it back and anyway okay so my number five um, number five I guess you could you, you might say he is the sibling of an also a, a one hit wonder but um, maybe that depends on you know what country music are you listening to most of the time so this is Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry what's he doing now (laughs) oh god that's his real name yes his real name is Eagle Eye Cherry Um, huh Okay. Um, All right. His dad is a jazz artist, and uh, he—I don't know. Did he do a lot of drugs? I don't know. Props. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, he wrote this song, and it was a—you know—it's basically about he's going to—he's leaving town. And yeah, this yeah, there's not much to it. Yeah. yeah, there's there's not too much to read into it. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I used to. I'm not gonna. I used to love this song, man. When it first came out, and it was on um, the the pop station in Columbus, this was one of those songs I would like kind of dance around to and, and loved. But like as time got has just gone on. It's just taking on another life, and I just, it's one of those songs where I'm just like, man, change this. <laughs> but it does bring back good memories, you know? And like, listening to it, and I'm just like, wow, like, I used to, like, I remember, like, this used to be one of those songs, like, when we would take long car trips and you bring your Walkman or something. Oh, yeah, this was playing. This song reminds me of VH1. That too. 
A lot just, of these songs are going to remind us of VH1, just, though. Just what the channel was at the time. Yeah. Like, now it is morphed into all these different reality shows. But back when they played videos, it was stuff like this. MTV would be out there with, you know, the metal and the yeah. hip-hop. VH1 played something that we played on, Light 98. Yeah. Any adult contemporary station. They had that on lock. <laughs> um, and there, they, of course, this was on pop-up video. This just, it just, this was quintessential VH1 music. Um, I wonder if we'll ever get a movie about VH1. Because if so, songs like this would have to be in on oh, the soundtrack. Yeah. It would yeah. be, a, it would be this. It would be like Natalie Merchant, and oh, Sarah yeah. McLaughlin, and. Yeah. Arms of an Angel. Oh. Building uh, a Mystery. Savage Garden. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, to the there. moon and back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the song uh, peaked at number five on the Hot 100. Number one on the top 40 mainstream tracks, top 40 tracks, adult recurrence. And in other countries, it charted it charted number two in Eagle Eye Cherry's Native Sweden. Yeah, see that, and that's funny because before I started playing guitar, I thought that solo was hard. <laughs> I was like, "Man, that's a really good solo." Eagle Eye Cherry is a really good guitar. If he even played it, who knows if he even played the song or the solo? Because I found out Jimmy Ray didn't play guitar on his song, so you know, yeah. Well, it does say that he is a guitarist, mm-hmm. so I would hope that he did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the, the sibling I was referring to was Nana Cherry. Oh, that's his sister? That's his half-sister. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ben. So that was uh, my number five. So what is your number four? This might be the most fun song on this list. It is Cleopatra's Theme um, by Cleopatra. Um, my God, this song is so fun. Um, I just call it Cleopatra coming at you. I know that's, you know, it's called the Cleopatra theme. I don't know much about the song other than it's just really fun to listen to. And they're decent singers, but they're not the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. He's got, oh, I love that album cover. It's so awesome. That's the single. I had the single to this, the CD single. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. This was huge the summer, the summer I moved up here, um, and I would play this thing on repeat. Like I love this song; it would be played on the box. Um, yeah, I, I and honestly, and this is why my top four were so hard because either four of these songs could be inter- interchanged. Like this song could easily be number one. Like this song is just that awesome to me. Um, I love the guitar in there. I don't. I, I, I've tried to find out who played guitar in it. I have no clue who did. Um, fresh new talents here, but you know they did go. So, so that's why you never say we're never gonna go because then you go. Because <laughs> as we saw, uh, they were not able to reproduce this again, and it was kind of sad. What's funny is that um, wow, she's got a name, the lead singer. Cleopatra Madonna Higgins. Woo! That is a name right there. Her mama knew she was a... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just that... I thought, like, Cleo... I, I didn't know, like, 
one of them was actually named Cleopatra. <laughs> I thought like, okay, well maybe, you know, it's mom or grandma's name or just a way to, you know, honor their their black heritage. Yeah. How are you in it? Like, what is the dynamic of the group where you're the lead singer of the group? The group is named after you, <laughs> but the other people in the group are your sisters. Yeah. Like, how do they convince that? Like, all right, this is going to be named after Cleo, but that one's been named after me. No, it's going to be named after the assistant. That's bad. I'm sorry. That was, that was Adrian Brody bad. That was, yeah. Um, this song was in heavy rotation on MTV, VH1, and BET. I remember seeing it on MTV. Yeah, I only saw it on MTV. Uh, it did re this was their only top 40 hit in the United States. Cause it had that really cool effect where like the matrix used where they would jump and it would turn Yeah, while they were still in the air. Um, oh, that video was expensive. Man. Yeah. That's <laughs> expensive. <laughs> Shit was $5 billion. <laughs> um, so this is funny. Um, Cleopatra Madonna Higgins, uh, was on the voice UK. <laughs> Why do they keep getting these people who were signed? She was on Will I Am's team. She, I want to kind of hear. I might check this out. She auditioned with "Love on Top" by Beyonce. Battled against someone named Nutama with "Finally" by C.C. Peniston. Knockout rounds, "Leave Me Alone" by Michael Jackson. Hmm. Live quarterfinals, "Imagine" by John Lennon, and then ticket home for the semifinals with "Don't Let Go" by Invo. All right, you hear the kids outside. It's in the neighbors. <laughs> um, so yeah, she um, she had a, she has. So I guess she had some singles. Um, oh wait, no, these were just the singles from The Voice. So never mind, never mind. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was your number four, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So my number four. Uh, this takes me back to my sophomore year. No, freshman year. Freshman year of high school. Oh man, good times. This is Ghetto Superstar. Oh, <laughs> have you seen Bullworth? Yes, I okay, have. Okay, okay. I saw Bullworth on Christmas. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Bullworth. That movie's underrated to me. I agree. Islands in the stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is Praz, Praz Michelle from the Fugees. Uh, of course, this was after the Fugees broke up. Everybody went solo, and it was it was one of those starts where everyone had their own had their own success, and really their own sound. <laughs> yeah, like he probably I would say if anything, he kind of deviated the most from their sound. I think like with a song like this. Yeah, he went. This is straight. This is pop. Yeah, this is straight pop. You got an R&B singer singing your hook, but this is pop. I guess the most hip-hop thing about it is you got ODB. He's ODB, yeah. <laughs> My eyes are sore for being a senator. <laughs> oh, man. You got to love this song, man. This is... Um, this reminds me of freshman year of high school. This was on that... Um, remember I told you about that Grammy nominees mm -hmm. was This was on there. This was nominated for a Grammy. Oh, wow. Um... I think they lost to the Beastie Boys. I think mm -hmm. I remember him. I thought he played guitar. 
because of the video. I was like, man, everyone from the Fugees was really talented. <laughs> it was, I think Proz's sound, what he's trying to go for was um, something that was part 70s, more like Saturday Night Fever. Mm. I think his motif was like a 70s disco kind of guy. Um, <clears throat> That's funny. And it reminds me of the film Bullworth. You guys should, if you have not seen Bullworth, you should watch it. Probably ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a smash if it came out today. Yeah. It's, it's funny, and a lot of the jokes probably went over people. I mean, when I saw it, the jokes probably went over my head. I was a kid. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's on the soundtrack to Bullworth. And this was really Proz's only hit. This is the only song I even know Proz even made. Yeah. Outside of the Fuji's, <coughs> same thing. Um, but like I said, everyone had their own initial success. Um, uh, Wyclef had the Carnival. Moore mm-hmm. Hill had this education. Proz, and his album was called Ghetto Superstar, but I don't know any other songs from it. Let's see here. Um, Avenues, Blue Angels, and What You Want to Do. It got two and a half stars out of five on allmusic.com. So that kind of gives you a. <laughs> All right. And it was produced by Wyclef, so Wyclef threw him a bone. <laughs> One bone. Everybody gets one. All right, so that is Ghetto Superstar by Prize featuring ODB and Maya. And this became a... I don't even know how it charted. I didn't even pull it up. Oh, it was... uh, Let's see here. So, in America, it uh, peaked at number 15. Okay. Yeah. That was the best he could do. (laughs) Yeah. That was going to be the best that Prize could do. And he had to call in a favor. <laughs> he had to call. He had to bring in Wyclef to produce the song for him. Let's bring in ODB. And who who could sing the hook? Who's the hottest singer at the time? Oh, Maya. Maya. And if it was like two years later, it would have been Ashanti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, is Ashanti free? Is she available? <laughs> All right. So, Ben, what's your number three? Um, so this list is about to get a little Atlanta. Um, Lullaby by Sean Mullins. Um, he had another single, but it didn't really do anything. This was um, this was his song, man. This was the song where he uh, he did a little bit more talking than singing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is why I've always found it hard to cover this song. Because for some reason, it is hard to talk these verses and play. <laughs> so I've, that's the only reason I've never covered it. Because I just cannot do it. Um, but I love it, once again, because it tells a story. And a really cool story. Um, yeah, about, like, I guess a rich girl who's running away from her rich parents because they... They hung out with folks like Dennis Hopper and Bob Seger and Sonny and Cher. Like, that's, that'd be kind of cool. I don't know if I'd run away from that. <laughs> yeah. And this bar outside Fairfax. Like it just it was one of those songs where it's just like I don't know, like I just when I when I listen to it I'm just like, okay, wow, he's 
Like, I just imagined, like, not in Fairfax, but I imagine he's in Nashville somewhere. And this girl's she's trying to make it in Nashville, and she's just not good enough. <laughs> and he's just like, everything's going to be all right. Um, which is kind of the same thing I get from the song, Hollywood's Not America. <laughs> Only, you know, that song's a little more direct than that song, which I guess if you ever make it to that year, that would be on my list of one-hit wonders. <laughs> Was that even a hit? I don't know. It was a hit in my mind. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Sean Mullins, he's a singer-songwriter. He's from Atlanta, so, you know, represent. Um, I want to, I think, if I remember correctly, his other claim to fame was that he had to bring John Mayer a guitar for a show. Like, this was all told in the story about why Georgia... He had, to, like he had to borrow a guitar from Sean Mullins. And, you know, we know who was bigger out of those two. Um, but, you know, doesn't matter. You know, he's an original Atlanta native. John Mayer just moved down here. Like he was born in Atlanta. He went to Clarkson High School. Um, yeah, he was a friend of Amy Ray from the Indigo Girls, which is another Atlanta band. Like He's just, you know, all about Atlanta. So, yeah. Th- that's really all I got about this song, other than the fact that it's a really cool story if you listen to it um i used to think that it was a hard song it was one of the first songs I learned to play an acoustic guitar as i said though i could not cover it because it's hard to talk and play this rhythm um and the solo was a lot easier than i thought it was because it's like a couple notes yeah same note same note <laughs> same note oh he changed oh god oh he changed Uh-oh. Yes, yeah, so really. But th- that's before I got good at guitar. I was like, man, these solos are great. And then once you start playing, you're just like, these solos are easy. <laughs> it's like, you paid a guy to come in and do that? <laughs> like, like, I just imagine, like, if I'm Sean Mullins and that's what the session player gives me, I'm looking at him like, really? Really? I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, but could you have done it as well? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, whatever, that'll be $6,000. So how did the song do? All right. So on the Hot 100, it charted, it topped out at number seven. All right. Uh, Was he nominated for a Grammy for the song? Yes, he was. I think he won, actually. Um, No, he was just nominated. What's the category? Uh, does not say, but let's see if we can. Or you know what? It might tell me on this other page here. I imagine like best pop performance vocal or something. Let's see here. I think he's still performing too, so you know. Yeah, I think he did a show at like City Winery. Okay. <laughs> recently. Let's see if I can find this. So one nomination. Is it gonna tell me what it's for though? It's not. It just says he's got one nomination. Oh here we go. Yeah, best male pop vocal performance. Hmm. And I don't know who he won to. Now I wanna know who he won to. Or lost to, I should say. Uh, he lost to Eric Clapton, My Father's, Father's Eyes. Eyes. Good, that's a good song. Also, in that category, a one-hit wonder we just played, Save Tonight. 
<laughs> was also nominated. <laughs> same year. All right. So um, we'll get to my number three. My number three, uh, another one of these VH1 standards. <laughs> and it is Closing Time by Semisonic. We should make a Because 5 call VH1 standards. <laughs> and any song we put in there has to have made the VH1 top 20 countdown. Yeah. I'm sure we can verify that somehow. <laughs> but there'll be so many to choose from. <laughs> part one, part two, part three. <laughs> we'll have to do it in several parts. Yeah. Because I, I would pick the songs that I know were like number one for weeks. Yeah. Like Iris would be in there definitely. <laughs> Iris. Um, Truly Madly Deeply. Yeah. Uh, Thankful by Natalie Merchant. <laughs> yeah. My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. Foolish Games. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! It would, yeah, this one again. Yeah. <laughs> and probably the most recent song that would be on the list would be uh, "Bad Day" by Daniel Powder. Mm, had a bad day, yeah, yeah. Um, this song, um, as a joke, you would hear bars play it uh, at last call. Um, the song was actually about impending fatherhood. Whoa, for real? Yeah. Uh, the lead singer, uh, his girlfriend was pregnant at the time, and he was. They were also trying to write a new song to end their shows. <laughs> so it all came together. Okay. Um, this song has been uh, incorrectly attributed to Third Eye Blind. That's offensive. <laughs> Shout out to Aries and Kazaa <laughs> and LimeWire. <laughs> offensive. Third Eye Blind could do better than this in their sleep. In the movie uh, <laughs> Friends with Benefits, uh, sorry, Justin Timberlake and uh, Mila Kunis, uh, they kind of play on that joke. Oh, for real? Like, you heard that song by Third Eye Blind? Closing. <laughs> like, it's not, that's not, I don't think that's Third Eye Blind. <laughs> um, it was also used in On The Office, in which Andy Bernard, when he is the regional manager, ends the day, the work day, by singing Closing Time. Oh, nice. Everyone hates it except for Stanley. Because Stanley knows that's the end of the day. It's time to go. <laughs> now, I do like this part of the song. Like this part to the solo and out. I do like this part. This part of the song. It's my favorite part. Uh, also, the Milwaukee Brewers play this at the end of their home games. Hmm. Are they are they Milwaukee band or something? Uh, they are from. They're actually from Minneapolis. Okay. So that region, sort of. Uh, this song charted on the Hot 100 at number 11, and it was the number uh, number one modern rock tracks, uh, and it was number two in Canada. Okay. Um, so, and it was nominated for best rock song, uh, but it lost to. Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. That's a good song. That was, so that was around the time of the City of Angels soundtrack then. Yeah. That was a really good song. 
I I dare say that's her, my favorite song of her career. I will say her best song of her career. I know that's objective. You know, if, for the people who like, you know, Never Too Hot, Never Too Cold, Don't Fight Me. But I still think Uninvited was her best song. Wait, song. are there people that like Never I have Too Hot, Never Too Cold? I'm sure there's someone out there um, who was probably like, man, like, this Atlantis more set girl has a future. <laughs> The next thing they're like, they probably just bought Jagged Little Pill without listening to it. <laughs> so disappointed, man. I like, I want the I want the music to be put somewhere on Spotify or even if it's Apple Music. We need uh, a last more set in her. With, she was, she was the white Janet Jackson. Yeah, she burned those things, man. White Janet Jackson. Think about that. She burned them, or at least how they had. They tried to market her that way. The white it, Canadian Janet Jackson. Canadian Janet Jackson. Well, I guess up there it's not Canadian. It's just you're 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 you are Janet Jackson. A <laughs> eh? like, Janet Jackson with maple syrup. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Um, Ben, what is your number two? Um, so it is 32 flavors by Alana Davis and then some, um, so these last two songs, um, if I'm just putting out there are songs I still listen to on the regular, like I'm, I'm pretty certain at some point this week I have listened to 32 flavors. I really, 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 really like this song. It's not that I don't like the Ani DeFranco version. So it is a cover of an Ani DeFranco song called 32 Flavors. Hers is a little bit different. It's a little more slowed down. And I don't think she ever released it as a single. Um, and DeFranco did not. Yeah. Um, but Alana Davis did. I remember seeing it on... Um, this guy played on MTV, actually. it was um, They advertised it as... I didn't know it was a cover at the time. But they, you remember that um, the news program they would have that would air like ten minutes of the hour on on um, MTV. Yeah, yeah. They advertised it. They talked about it on there how like she was doing this song, and I didn't realize until later why it was a big deal to advertise it because in you know most hipster circles, most hipsters they love Ani DeFranco, and so I guess to cover an Ani DeFranco song, not in the style of Ani DeFranco, but in a more you know pop sense, is probably a big deal. Because um, if you ever hear Ani DeFranco, I mean, she's not this. <laughs> not saying that, you know, Alana Davis is bad, but this is just very different. So overproduced, as some people might say. Of course, I love my music overproduced. I'll never complain about that. So, yeah. So uh, Ani DeFranco wrote the song, but Alana Davis produced this herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did say that... Um, she started to play around with the song, took out the part she wasn't comfortable with, put in her own ideas, sent a copy to Annie DeFranco, and she loved it. Oh, really? Okay. Good for her, then. I didn't know that. I like this one better, though. It just kind of, it goes, of course, so she said, I wrote the bass line. Uh, she programmed the drums. It gives it more of an upbeat feel to it. The original version is kind of slowed down and is a little more syncopated, kind of like a... Um, a little more backbeat to it where this version is very straightforward um more upbeat not something that you can dance to but you can tap your toes snap your fingers to it you know it's got 
and like it makes the I am 32 flavors and then some taking my chances like it makes it sound a little more urgent and that's why I like it as a matter of fact those parts like I am 32 flavors and then some taking my chances as they come 32 flavors and then some you know I love the way she sings that I think she sings that part better than Ani DeFranco so so it charted at number 37 yeah uh, number 17 on the adult top 40. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard the song like 98. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever heard it on the radio. I just saw, I saw the video a couple times um, because it didn't really get played in Columbus. And then as an adult, when I started to get, you know, I can get my own music. I, you know, I refound it and became obsessed with it all over again. All right. So that was bands number two, 32 flavors. From Atlanta Davis's album "Blame It On Me," she had a couple of good songs on it. All right, so my number two, um, let me take some, let me take a drink of water. Here. Yeah, <laughs> she did a really good cover of um, <clears throat> of uh, or maybe you know what? Never mind. That was Joan Osborne. Never mind. All right, so my number two uh, reminds me of of a particular movie. Which uh, we have talked about on this podcast as far as the soundtrack as goes. As being one of the greatest scene movies of all time? Yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so this is Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. Um, Can we spoil a movie that's over 20 years old? No. Okay. The ending, when this starts playing as she's handing out the, the, the copies flyers. of the journal. Yeah. Duh! As 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 Sarah Michelle Gellar's what Catherine is yeah. doing cocaine in the bathroom before her brother's her brother's I'm using air quotes funeral is awesome like that's the perfect and I, what happens again like she the the um is it the father snatches the pendant from her yeah <laughs> and and opens it and, and just then pours it out yeah that's. You can't, yeah, come on, man. Like, that's the greatest. And then she drives off in the sunset it's in the Jaguar. Like it's, it's, it's karmic or poetic justice, however you want to look yeah. at it. But it was, it was a great way to end the film. Yes. And the soundtrack, because they're in a, you know, this large cathedral, it's just perfect. It's just the perfect way to end it in a movie that. I don't want to say it's underappreciated because I don't know what critics said about it, but like I think it's one of those movies where, twenty years later, you know, we had to realize, or maybe ten years later, we had to realize, like, man, this is a really good movie with a really good cast of actors that maybe we just didn't fully realize, like Selma Blair and Reese Witherspoon and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Felipe and um, the woman who played um, Selma Blair's mother, and just like you had some really good actresses. And actors and actresses in that movie, and then you had this song top it off. Um, just from the usage in that film, uh, but other than that, uh, aside from that, this song is kind of a tragedy. Yeah, as far as like the making of the song and how it became a hit, um, they used a sample from the Andrew Luke Oldham orchestral cover of the Rolling Stones song "The Last Time." And uh, they were charged with plagiarism. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were added to the songwriting credits. Yeah. Um, but basically, the Verve made no money. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really sad. 
and um, this was nominated for at the Brit Awards for Best British Single, and at the MTV Music Awards, <coughs> the Video Music Awards, it was nominated for Video of the Year, Best Group Video, and Best Alternative Video. Also nominated for a Grammy for Best Rock Song. Um, it's previously seen, told they lost to Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Um, video of the Year. I want to see who uh, who won Video of the Year for that. For 1998? Yeah. It Ray looks of like it, Ray of Light yeah. by Madonna. <laughs> huh. Hmm. All right. Boyus Mine was also nominated. So was uh, Get so Jiggy with it. Benjamin's <laughs> uh, song charted at number 12 on the Hot 100. Uh, what makes this song stick out, this is like a quintessential Britpop song. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think, so I can't think of the name of the guy who did it, but that song Symphonies. It's like, give me, give me symphonies. I can't think of his name. He took... Um, because it, it, that's what this song reminds me of, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was um, was inspired. Um, Dan Black. Dan Black featuring Kid Cudi called Symphonies, and like it has that sort of, this type of feel to it, only it's much, much newer, and I was like, this had to be, um, this had to be inspired by, yeah, this, this came out, that came out in 2009, where this came out in 98, so, yeah. Um... The song was also used in uh, the show Riverdale. Have you uh, seen that show? No. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's been covered uh, in concert with as a mashup a couple of times. Limp Biscuit mashed it up with Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Interesting. And Beyonce mashed it up with her song If I Were a Boy. She also covers You Ought to Know, so, you know, she does that type of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she really liked Cruel Intentions. Oh, uh, and in the Triple J 100 Hottest Songs of All Time, mm-hmm. this song was number 14. Nice. And it charted on the Hot 100 at number 12. Yep. I didn't even show the artwork. There it is right there. Oh, I did. I did. I did show it already. But okay. So there it is. All right, Ben. We're at number one, man. Number one. Um, so another singer from Atlanta. Um, and I feel bad because she's more Marietta, but we claiming her. Jennifer Page, Crush. And this is a song I listen to on the regs. And it is also a song, since I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out people who are doing things, Baseline doesn't change for the until the chorus. It just sits on that. I think is a C sharp. <laughs> it just sits on that while the the guitar moves around it. Boom, 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 boom. It just sits there. I can imagine the bass player's like, "When do I change? You don't change the chorus, man. Are you fine? Whatever, man." <laughs> yeah, I love this song. This is the only song she had. So they say Atlanta. I'd always heard she was from Marietta. Okay, yeah, it says Jennifer Page was born. Jennifer, oh, they made her change her last name. Page was her middle name. Jennifer Page Scoggins. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to be Jennifer Page. <laughs> she is of English descent, clearly. 
Um, it says she was born in Marietta, a suburb of Atlanta. At the age of five, she began singing in local coffee houses and restaurants with her older brother, Chance. Aw, what happened to Chance, Paige? Or Chance Scoggins. Can't sell Chance Scoggins. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, there was this song, and um, I think after this, she did some acting. She was in this that movie about the bears, the country bears or whatever. Mm. And that's about it. Like, But this was her, this was her hit. One of the co-writers, uh, Mark Mueller. Yeah, uh, he's written for Amy Grant. Uh, he did a song for Heart, which is a top ten hit. Uh, oh, the saxophonist on Crush, Gerald Albright. And where do I know that name? He's like a jazz uh, R&B artist. He has a lot of Christmas albums, I think. Good for him. He's in Atlanta I'm, uh, quite a bit. Over, I've never heard of him before. I thought I, I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, okay, no, I've, I've never heard of him before. I'm seeing this. I'm okay. seeing him. And I'm like, I have no clue who this guy is. Okay, was there a uh, saxophone on this song? Maybe it was a different version. Or maybe he, did he do a cover? <laughs> Uh, this was number one in Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. Hmm. America, number three. I guess we don't like it as much. <laughs> um, Leah Michelle has covered this song called Glee. <laughs> I could see her doing this. Man, this is just, yeah. That bass line, though, when it gets to the chorus, though, it kicks. It kicks. This was another song I remember dancing oh, it around was a, to. I'm sorry. It was a smooth jazz cover. Okay. Yeah, this would be played on the on Rick D's. He had her on once and talked to her. And they did this thing where they were like the anatomy of a hit song. And so to me, it was the coolest thing ever because I was, you know, young. But all they did was they took each part of the song and brought it in. So like they brought the acoustic guitar in first. And then they're like, all right, and then we bring in the bass. And they played the bass. I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. And then you add in the drums. Blah, 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 and then they had the whole song. And they're like, and at number whatever, Jennifer Page with Crush. And I was just like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Rick D's, man. I still wish they played him in Atlanta. Bring back some memories. What was that? That's such your number one? Yeah. Oh, this is your number one? Oh, no, no. That's not my number one. I know, but I, I, I know what song is missing, so now I know what your number one is. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so my number one is <clears throat> a song that was a... I think people thought it was a happy song, but maybe it's not. I don't think it's a happy song. And it is You Get What You Give by The New Radicals. Have you ever listened to this album? I've heard like one other song. Which one? Uh, it was like the other single on it. Mother, we can't get enough. Just can't get enough. I think it was someday we'll know. Someday we'll know is very good as well. I love this album. Maybe even Brainwash too. I love this album. Um, I remember hearing John Mayer say he thought this song came out in the eighties. Really. <laughs> So, I always thought this band was interesting because it wasn't really a band. It was just yeah. the lead singer, and he would get musicians. 
So I have one of the one of the members of the band was um, I think her name is Danielle Brisbaugh. Yeah, and she was a, a child actress. She was on All in the Family or whichever one that had Archie Bunker on it. Okay, yeah, I think I remember hearing that as well. Um, so one of my favorite drummers of all time played on a few of the tracks on here. Josh Freeze. Um, he played on. Um, I know he played on the. Um, God, what is the name of that song? Why can't I think of the name of that song? Mother, We Just Can't Get Enough. He played on that. I don't know what else he played on, but... Um, yeah, I like this. I like this album. I like this song. Um, Someday We'll Know is probably my... I don't know. That might be my favorite. Mother, We Just Can't Get Enough is really energetic, but Someday We'll Know might be my, my favorite by them. Uh, this band was destined to be a one-hit wonder. Um, because of this song... And the misinterpretation of it. And Greg Alexander, the lead singer, really didn't care for being in the spotlight. No, he did not. So the band broke up before the second single. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see, how did this song do? Uh, I remember it being number one on TRL. Um... On VH1's list of 100 Greatest One-Hit Wonders, they're ranked number 64. And number 11 on the 40 Greatest One-Hit Wonders of the 90s. Uh, On the Hot 100, it peaked at number 36. But it was number one in New Zealand, number one in Canada, uh, number four in Ireland. Uh, But this wasn't the end of the, like... Like I said, Daniel Brisbaugh was the only other permanent member mm-hmm. of the band. They still work together today. They wrote the song Lost Stars for the song for the film Begin Again, in which they were nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> um, I think what people were offended by was the last part of the song. Yeah, which is my favorite part. <laughs> Next to the pre-chorus. I really like the pre-chorus. But yeah, that those lines, yeah. And that's what basically made the song like a hit is because mm-hmm. they insulted Beck, Hanson, Courtney Love, Love, and Marilyn Manson. You just put those names in because they rhyme. Basically. <laughs> Come around, we'll kick your ass in. Yeah. Um... And he wrote the he wrote the people were paying attention to the celebrity uh, insults, mm-hmm. but before that he said he has the lines health insurance yeah. rip off lion FDA big bakers buying fake computer crashes dining cloning while they're multiplying and it would see it was an experiment to see he says an experiment to see if the media would focus on the real issues or the celebrity ridicule. Yeah, he was and he was, he was right. Yeah. It's hypothesis. <laughs> they were to play at Rockfest in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, then they broke up. Oh. <coughs> um, it got to the point where he would wear a hat while performing so people wouldn't see his lack of enthusiasm. He lost interest in fronting a one-hit wonder band. There was no third single. Um... I'm not even sure if the album's still in print. 
maybe it is. I'm not sure. But um I'll sing for them. Come on guys, call me. <laughs> <laughs> but um they got compared also to Chumbawamba, another one hit wonder, which Why is Why they get compared to Chumbawamba? That's not even close. And vocally he was compared to Billy Corgan, yeah. which is what? I think it's because it kind of looks like him. Yeah, he's tall. He looks like him and he's bald. Yeah. That's all. That's ridiculous. But yeah, that's, uh, let's go do it for our Because Five. I think the only complaint I had about that song, and this is just a weird complaint, the piano was up really high. Like, I like I liked the piano. You did? I was like, bring it down a little, just a little in the mix. I love it. <laughs> yeah, because she played beyond Dan- Danielle, um, Bri- how do you say her name? Brisbane. 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 She played piano on that. Um, yeah, I don't know what other tracks though that Josh Freed played drums on. So he played drums on that uh, on that one track. But Josh Freed plays drums on everything, so yeah, because that's what Josh Freed does. All right, so that'll do it for our because five one hit wonders nineteen ninety eight. And I was trying to pull up. I'll just use the other one. So get to my earworm of the week. As I said, I've been listening to my New Jack Swing (laughs) playlist. And this is a song that these guys are not a one-hit wonder, despite what you may think. But it is a song. um, (coughs) It's a song that um, I think that was done as as an apology. (laughs) Uh, CNC Music Factory, when they make Gonna Make You Sweat, they use Martha Wash's vocals. They didn't credit her. She sued. She won. But uh, just to show there was no hard feelings on CNC Music Factory's next album, <laughs> they featured her. They Well, they featured her. Mm-hmm. They They used her vocals again, but they featured her. Like, she was in the music video, too. And uh, this song also reminds me of a uh, one of those NBA home videos where they show a bunch of highlights. <laughs> and this song was featured on one of those videos. So this is Do You Want to Get Funky by CNC Music Factory. And uh, let me pull it up and uh, we'll be right back. One, two, ready, go. One, two, ready, go.
All right, that is Do You Want to Get Funky by CSC Music Factory from their album Anything Goes. It features Martha Wash in the video as well. Comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I can think about when I think of them. All right, so, um, Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Yes. So, if you are watching this video, you have found our Facebook page. So, thank you very much for checking us out on Facebook, having the, the thought, the forethought to check us out. So, um, our Facebook page is uh, at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Our website is by the time you hear this dot com. Do you still have to say www? Is that like it assumed? I, I don't know. That's assumed to me, but some people still do yeah. it. So for, you know, www dot <laughs> by the time you hear this dot com. Um, if you want to find us on Instagram, you can also check us out at by the time you hear this um, on Instagram at by the time you hear this. Um, the Facebook page as well as our website are spelled with the word U Y O U. Our um, Instagram and our email at gmail.com are spelled with the letter U, and that is because we're not underage. Oh, God. <laughs> but we are upstanding. His mind's telling him no. <laughs> so he needs to listen to his mind. <laughs> listen to your brain. Um, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> And he's still doing it, but whatever. I'm not going to get distracted. If you want to listen to us, you can check us out. Well, we have episodes posted on the website. You can also listen to us. Um, Podomatic, you can listen to us on. Um, well, I, I went blank here. Stitcher? No. Satchel Podcast Sta Satchel, player. not Stitcher. Satchel Podcast Player, iTunes, Google Play Music. Um, search for us on Listen Notes. Um, apparently, we have good show notes, so we're there. You can find us. Overcast Radio, Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, um, CastBox, and really any of those podcast aggregate sites, you can find us. Um, give us a listen. If you're on Google or iTunes, give us a play. Maybe we'll be on YouTube, Music Once They Get Podcasts. <laughs> and if we get on there... Give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line at, you know, by the time you hear this with the letter U at gmail.com, we'd love to hear from you too. We just love to hear from you. Most certainly. <clears throat> All right. So that would bring us to the end of the program. And we're going to end the show with another one hit wonder. And it was actually a song that she did with another one hit wonder. <laughs> Legally, legally, Steely Dan. Yeah. Um, this is a song "Daydreaming" by Tatiana Ali, who y'all may know only as Ashley Banks, as if she don't have a real name. Wasn't Will Smith in the video too? I think so. Yeah, he was. He was out there trying to help me. <laughs> <laughs> and he tried. He tried. Whatever you need, Ashley. I mean, Tatiana. <laughs> <laughs> So this is Tatiana Ali featuring Lord Tariq and Peter Guns in the song Daydreaming. And that's going to do it for our show. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Peace.
conversation couldn't make it through. The thoughts of love I have for you.